Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Welcome into episode 20 of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Stephen Diener right here. Karen Curtis over there. And we are excited today, Karen, because this is, uh, we've been waiting to do this one for a couple of weeks about a man named Randy Kramer. So today's going to be very interesting. I mean, I knew he was crazy, but now I see he's nuts. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> just wait till you hear this story about this guy, what he claims. And look, we are always open to keeping our minds open. Yeah, we're just... Presenting it to you, right? What you do with it is your own business. That's correct. But when I I heard this story a few years back, and again, it's one of those things that I've been sitting on and afraid to talk about it because people might think I'm absolutely insane if I mention it to them. But that's what we do here. It is a podcast to uh, kind of release to vent on stories that may not be so crazy after all, especially since the government came out with that report back in the summer. Yeah, you know, this guy is so matter of fact, and he speaks kind of eloquently about what he says happened to him and the things that he's done out in space that you tend to believe him. I mean, who is this guy that we're talking about? Randy Kramer, right? Yeah. Who, here, he, this he explains his bio. Well, I'm a captain of the United States Marine Corps Special Section, which is the covert military space program arm of the Marine Corps, which was formed in about the 1954 time frame by President Dwight D. Eisenhower's response to his lack of cooperation that he was getting from the MJ-12 committee. Well, that was a lot. That was there was a lot in there. So yeah. let's come back to that because I first, Karen, I can't skip over our factoid. Oh, I can't. I can't do that because I can't believe I forgot my factoid. No, that's okay because it was good. There's a little tease about what you're going to hear today from from Randy Kramer. So there's a lot to uncover, a lot to unravel there. But we got to do the factoid first. Yeah, you know, um, we have the space station up there, and we had four astronauts came down, and we've got four that are heading up tonight, actually back to the space station but how many dead bodies are in space diener there's i didn't know there were any there's like there's more than zero. Oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah total, Why? total of 18 people have lost their lives either while in space wow and i believe a dog too oh, didn't my. we lose a monkey or a dog or in preparation for a space mission in four separate incidents so given the risks involved in space flight you know that's a relatively surprisingly low number i think that's crazy. I mean, now that's, I, I don't mean this in, in an insensitive way, but th- that doesn't include the Challenger explosion or anything? Like, this is outside of that, oh, that's correct? a good point. I don't know. I think it does. But um, they they came back to Earth. They but came back, right. The other thing is that I think there's companies that will take your body and shoot you up into space, right? I think there are now. Or yeah. your ashes. Ashes can go up there. Yeah. I want to, eh, I don't know. That's insane. Think about that. It is insane. I've never thought about that before. So, nice factoid there, Karen. Thank you. Um, So today, just like we did last time on UAP with our uh, whole expose on Andrew Basiago, the 
purported time traveler and teleporter who went to Mars and saw aliens and bases with Barack Obama and all these wild stories, which, yeah, again... Barack Obama was on Mars. Apparently, according to Andrew Basiago, if you want to hear any of those stories, you can always go back, like we say, 850WFTL.com, where the show lives. Just search on podcasts. You'll find UAP. And also, of course, anywhere you find your podcast, where you're listening right now, whether it's Apple or Spotify, however you find us, you can find any of the previous episodes because they're all as equally... As wild and fascinating as one after the other. It's a good thing to binge listen to. It is, actually. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a real head scratcher. So going back to the sound that I gave you from yeah. who, who is Randy Kramer. Can we hear that again? Yeah. Because we're going to spend the whole episode on him today, just like we did last week with Andrew Basiago, because there's a lot to uncover. And he goes into Eisenhower, which remember, Eisenhower met with Grays, he said, and right. the Nordics. We talked about that on a previous episode, right? So this makes sense that Eisenhower would have established, because we we had Trump establish Space Force, right? but apparently something was established before that happened. Well, I'm a captain of the United States Marine Corps Special Section, which is the covert military space program arm of the Marine Corps, which was formed in about the 1954 time frame by President Dwight D. Eisenhower's response to his lack of cooperation that he was getting from the MJ-12 committee. All right. <laughs> so, second time we've heard that. And again, there's a lot there that if you're not familiar with some of these things he spoke about, these are actually things that we've referenced and covered in previous episodes. Is the MJ-12 the Majestic 12? It is. Okay. So, we can start there. The Majestic 12 we talked about a few weeks ago, I think. Um, maybe it was episode 16 or 15, I forget off the top of my head. And they were supposedly a covert government force uh, consisting of some top you know, tier generals, scientists, um, government officials, things like that, including uh, Vandenberg, who, you know, Air Vandenberg Air Force Base. Supposedly, he was on that um, MJ-12 committee, and their sole purpose was to basically cover up anything having to do with aliens. Because after the Roswell incident, Truman was like, well, we got to get a handle on this. Right. And uh, the story goes that Truman created this MJ-12, the Majestic 12 group, to kind of handle behind the scenes everything going on with aliens and UFOs, UAPs, all those types of things. Enter Eisenhower, who comes in, and we've talked about this before in previous episodes, where he had that supposed meeting. Again, this is according to his family, too. Right. Eisenhower's family, who have said that they confirm, yeah, this is something that we know that the story's been told that Eisenhower met with the Nordic aliens in, I believe, Palm Springs area, in one of the bases in that area, and also met with the Greys. Now, met with both because the Nordics, they couldn't come to a deal. And with the Greys, they came to, again, this is the way the story goes, that he came to a deal with the Greys for technology in return. They would let the Greys do different experiments and things like that. So... It all kind of ties in together here on what Randy Kramer is talking about. Or he broke his tooth on a chicken wing. Which is actually the actual story. You can look this up. The story from the White House that they gave to the AP was the reason why Eisenhower left in the dead of the night was because he had a dental emergency because he chipped his tooth on a chicken wing. Because he did leave. It's it's right. a, it's in record. Like It's yeah. not some type of fantastical story that, oh, Eisenhower leaves in the middle. No, he actually, on record, left in the middle of the night, and people were wondering, why is the president leaving the base in the middle of the night to go to somewhere else in an undisclosed location? Their, their explanation was he chipped his tooth. CYA. Yeah, exactly. So that is something that, we again, we've referenced all those things, and that's what Randy Kramer is referring to there as far as Eisenhower, the MJ-12, and all that good stuff. Yeah, and he says that the Marine Corps trained certain Marines under this program called Moonshadow. Right. And he says starting at the age of four, he 
was brought into this program. Uh, here he ex- kind of explains it. In the late 1960s, uh, they were developing a augmented soldier program to build soldiers genetically from the ground up, which I was in a program uh, in the late 1960s called Project Moonshadow. So I was genetically engineered from the ground up, uh, tinkered with some extraterrestrial hybridized DNA to, you know, be smarter, faster, stronger for soldiering abilities, was trained as a toddler through adolescence, teenage years, deployed when I was 17 years old for a 20-year tour of duty where I spent a little over 17 years years in the MDF, which is the Mars Defense Force, which is a contracting agency that works for the Mars Colony Corporation, which is uh, under the umbrella of the ICC or the International Corporate Conglomerate. I was in the infantry there on the ground, mostly scuffling with indigenous reptoids and indigenous (laughs) insectoids territorially, mostly really to test military equipment. Uh, And then at the end of that period, I was given a promotion, got to go to flight school, and finished out my 20-year tour as a pilot in an air wing aboard the EDF-SS Nautilus, which stands for Earth Defense Force Starship Nautilus, which is basically an aircraft carrier in space, uh, patrolling the solar system to keep you know interlopers out. Okay, so <laughs> your head is probably spinning huh, right now. Huh? So wait a minute. I think Cat Stevens was with him on all this because... Didn't he sing the song Moonshadow? <laughs> I think he did, maybe. I'm followed by Moonshadow. Oh, moon yeah. Sing sh- it, Karen. Moonshadow. <laughs> wow, very impressive. I, there, there was a lot there to, uh, again, to unravel. This is why we, we wanted to dedicate this one episode to the fantastical stories of Randy Kramer. Because, again, as you can hear there, this is a guy who claims... But it just trips off his tongue like it's so true. That's the thing about it, and that's what always fascinated me about this guy, is that he, there's no stuttering, there's no, uh, no, well, let me think what happened. It's just boom, 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 boom. Here's the story. And maybe that's because he's a pathological liar and he's rehearsed, be. or it's because it's something he actually went through. No, I don't know. I think it's because they implanted a device in his brain and the brains of 299 others. Well, and again, that's the story here. So his claim is, this, is that back in the 1950s, there was a secret military, um, I guess, Marine Corps section that was created to go and fight in space, kind of like Space Force now, but not to that degree. And basically to, to train as like a super soldier, um, to go train on the moon, to be sent to Mars, to you know, basically have these these aircraft carriers like you talked about, fly them in space, travel through space and time and to uh, be based on Mars and fight against aliens and help to keep the peace on Mars with different alien sections and alien species. I mean, these stories are absolutely wild. But they do say some of the space experts say that Mars looks like it had some sort of a nuclear right attack on it. That's what they say. Yeah. So that would make sense. And the other thing was, you know, this device, he says, that was implanted in his brain, it allows the members of a special section to communicate via electronic telepathy. Right. That's true. That's what he says. And That's interesting. It is. And so, again, you're talking about a guy who says that he was part of this secret program along with 299 others to be trained specially to basically be teleported to these different locations and then be sent back at the same age. So time could pass, but he wouldn't get older. They would send him back at the age that they took him. But he said on the space aircraft carrier that time kind of changes. They needed an interior designer up there because apparently some parts of it, he says it's, he doesn't even know how big it is. It had all these floors and, and they just keep adding to it. It's not like 
a finite space like the space station. It's like this huge thing. And so there's sections that were built in the 50s that have like, you know, 50s stuff. And right. then there's stuff that, well, here he explains a little yeah. bit here. When you get to like one of the advanced medical sections and then it's like you're in 2055, you know, and you've walked from 1945 to the future just because of when something was built, no upgrading whatsoever. And you could walk through a number of departments and feel like you've just walked through time to get from one into the other. That's what trips me out sort of about it. Yeah, it's it's weird because, again, you're talking about a guy who claims all these things without stuttering, without skipping a beat. And he talks about how he's taken... Um, and at one point here, he's talking about how he's taken at 17 years old as he's come of age and sent off to the moon to go enlist on the moon base and then sent off to fight on Mars. And he does like a 20 year tour of duty. And then when he's done, and I know we'll get all to, to all this too when he talks about it, but when he's done, then he's sent back and he claims back through this portal, whatever this portal is, and then sent back to his house, back to his room. As a 17-year-old. So it's like no time has passed. So basically, not only is he saying that they can, they had the secret military in, uh, installations on the moon and on Mars and these secret military programs, but that they have basically some type of time travel, whether it's the type of time travel that Andrew Basiago was talking about last the week. same thing, yeah, that he returned back to his room. Right. Instantaneously. And so, you know, Randy Kramer is, is basically saying the same thing, that he would be sent back 20 years later after his full tour was over in space. And now all of a sudden he's back in his room as a 17-year-old, but is left with all these memories. Could you imagine that? No. I mean, it's like a movie. That's it like is. a science fiction novel. Well, and it's even even more fantastical, I think. Yeah, because it's, it's unlike any other story I've ever heard of personally. And even, I mean, look back at everything we've ever talked about, Karen, whether it was the Dulce Base Wars with Philip Schneider and talking about aliens underground and getting literally into a gunfight with them. Well, he was talking about here on Earth and under in within the Earth's surface. Right. And then now this guy is talking about space. And what's really interesting, he describes space and he describes where we are in the Milky Way. And he says it's really beautiful mm. and you're surrounded by stars. It's sort of like being in the middle of an ocean mm. at night, but with music. Here he is. It is absolutely the most visible, beautiful, gorgeous, easy to figure out where you are. And again, again, that horizon point, you, that up and down thing, all of a sudden, because you think as a pilot on the ground, oh, when I'm out in space, there's not going to be an up or a down. Yeah, there's totally an up and a down, and it's the horizon line of the galaxy. That horizon is a constant. When you're out there and it's totally dark, and it's totally quiet, and the engine hum turns off, and the electrical hum turns off, and there's nothing in radio going on in your ear, space makes music. There, there is a musical sound that it makes. And I am told by extraterrestrials who understand this a bit better than I do that if you become really familiar and psionically attuned to hear that sound, Psionic. you can navigate by it. Hmm. It is like background. I've heard people say it's like angels singing. It kind of is. I mean, it's really just this amazing music that's kind of indescribable. Wow. And he's a genetically engineered soldier. That's what he says. And these, these, look, again, I know this sounds wild. Maybe this is one of the craziest things we've ever covered, if not I the think craziest. It's close. And let's keep in mind, we're saying that after just talking about a guy last week who says he time traveled with Barack Obama to Mars and <laughs> saw a video of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's keep all that in mind. And Gettysburg. And Gettysburg says he was there. So now we're saying this is the craziest thing we've ever covered. But it's so fascinating to me because you have this guy, again, he's either 
an absolute psychopath, and he's able to just say these things off the top of his head without skipping a beat, or it actually happened. Like, to me, the, there's no gray area here. <laughs> so that's what, to me, is, is the reason why I wanted to cover this, not to make us look crazy or anything. <laughs> too late. I know, that's true. Way too late for that. But we always, we say this all the time. We're not, we never come here to say, hey, we're telling you this as fact. This is true. Believe it. No. We come here and we say, here's the story. Make up your own mind. And I think this is a perfect ex- example of that. We just want to tell you the story. Yeah, listen to <laughs> what he says and you decide. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the existence of that secret space program was corroborated by Laura Eisenhower. Right. That would be President Dwight D. Eisenhower's granddaughter. Exactly. So that's why, and I'm glad you said that because when I said that a family member corro- uh, corroborated those stories, I couldn't remember who it was. So it's her, it's Laura Eisenhower, who is, like you said, the granddaughter of uh, the late Dwight D. Eisenhower. And she says, now, she, to be fair, if you look up videos and things on Laura Eisenhower, she's a little out there, just like Randy Kramer. But at the same time, she has maintained that, yeah, this these stories are true. He had these treaties with aliens. You know, he knew about life on other planets. And in 1954, he had the Earth Alien Treaty, is what she calls it. And she even claims that through a black budget with DARPA... If you remember last time, just last week, we talked about Andrew Basiago. Right. DARPA was supposedly involved with the time travel project as well, Project Pegasus that he was a part of, that through a black budget project through DARPA. What's DARPA? DARPA is the defense agency something or another with a P and an R and an A. I forget the rest (laughs) of it. (laughs) Just Google it. Jeez, go ahead. Yes, that's fine. I'll figure it out. So, but anyway, they, they apparently established a human base on Mars through that black budget DARPA project. And, you know, you heard it there. He described what space was like as during his travels through space and time and being immersed in the ocean of stars and space having a horizon, which I've never heard before. No. Well, yeah, it's the... It's actually the arm of the Milky Way that surrounds you like a circle. Right. But DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. It sounds like a shady name, doesn't it? Yeah, but... Defense Advanced Research... It's dot military, so it's part of the military. It is. And they're they're hiring. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) So they even have a hiring shortage at secret military installations. That's wonderful. (laughs) I don't think you have to be vaccinated. Oh, okay. Just wondering. (laughs) Only if you're a Navy SEAL. Oh, my my goodness. But anyway, so it's these are the stories of Randy Kramer. This is what he tells. And he even talks about, Karen, stories of deadly battles. Yeah. So and he was talking about what these indigenous species, the reptilians and the insectoids and what? Savage beasts? And if you go back, actually, on 850WFTL.com um, to UAP, again, search on the podcast header there on the top of the page. You'll see UAP on Identified Alien Podcast. Look at the episode 19 blog, and you'll see a picture of what kind of a reptoid looks like. Right. Supposedly, anyway. Because this is actually something, and it relates to last week. We brought it up a lot. But remember, this is kind of like a two-parter from last week from That's Andrew right. Basiago. Yeah. These, these stories really did have a lot of connection, even though two totally different people. To be continued. Yeah, exactly. And there were two different time frames. You're talking 60s, 70s, 80s, and two separate different programs. But he talks about reptoids here, um, Randy Kramer, that is. And last week, we heard Andrew Basiago describe 
kind of a reptilian alien That's right, beast. Right. That jumped up on the roof and then he had like a language that he spoke so that he could tell the other people it was there. And he says that a Mars rover actually took a picture of one and he t- had a picture at a conference which we put on that episode 19 blog on 850WFTL.com. So when you hear about him talking about reptoids and insectoids and you can actually see a picture of what supposedly one would look like on, on the blog page there. And so apparently Kramer says he was told that these reptoids and insectoids were dumb savage beasts but he found them to be very intelligent and mm. they lived underground in hives and nests which kind of goes karen to and, and three signed a peace treaty well there you go see look at that we're getting things done on mars it's amazing it kind of goes to um what we talked about with our episode with valiant thor and that when he was, you know, a Valiant Thor working with the government came from Venus and tried to bring peace and prosperity to, to the earth during, uh, I forget which presidency that was. Nixon I was the was vice Kennedy. president. Kennedy. No, because Nixon was the vice president. I oh, remember that during the story. I, that would have been Eisenhower. Yeah. So I think, again, so going back to Eisenhower. Um, and it, But the story goes with Valiant Thor was that he was an alien that lived in inside of Venus not on the surface but inside and he's really good looking we have a picture of him yeah go back to that episode but it was so now you're going talking about on Mars where Randy Kramer is talking about these reptilians and insectoids who lived underground on Mars so it kind of relates to each other there too two totally separate stories but the same type of premise of these aliens living inside or underground inside the planet Well, he talks about, you know, how we have left and right and we've got this major division going on in the world and especially in the United States. He's explaining that this is a necessary thing that's happening in order for us to evolve and and understand and accept what's about to happen if the aliens invade yeah this is this is kind of a word salad oh here we go here we go so no matter what you think of who the sides are who the good guys or the bad guys are the truth is there is just everywhere okay and that's not going to change anytime soon because in order for us to get to a place where such an event could occur Ripples of stability across the social psychological fabric have to be very loose. Well, they if are. they're very rigid, people will resist a changing event and it will harm their psyches and they will be more likely to freak out. We don't want people to freak out. We want to mitigate freaking out. Most people will not freak out. So the people who get to decide this are looking at projections. They're looking at numbers. This many people die this way, this many people die this way. Over this period of time that we have come to know more and more and more and more species, and this is an exponential curve, our current list of species that we trade with is approaching 1,000. Wow. Whoa. Is he talking about aliens? I think so. I mean, I've never heard of a number that high before, but this is a guy who claims he's traveled the galaxy, so... A galaxy defender, so to speak, in Randy Kramer. And it's so funny, too, because... I, look, I don't like to... T- I, I think the snowflakes would freak out, though. I, it's A lot of people would, unfortunately. And then maybe that's why they don't talk about it. Because there's a lot of people who are just so preoccupied with life here on Earth. What would be, How would people react? I mean, look, we during the, the height of the pandemic, not to go too far off track here, but 
you know, all the supplies are gone. Everybody's hoarding toilet you know, paper, toilet paper, People and all wearing these different masks things. alone in their car. I mean, just all these different things ha- that have happened over the past year and a half. And it might not be surprising to think, well, what if there was actual proof of alien life on Mars or on different galaxies? I mean, how would people react? And you well, know, he, he claims that we've been traveling to Mars for decades, and he's personally been there that's what he says and, he, and going back to that it's a u.s territory it is you have a flag yes Bum. that's what he says <laughs> and speaking of the u.s territory on there karen it, we talked about the peace treaty do you want to hear about the peace treaty that Please, was signed? yes so because i feel like well, i, <laughs> I want to hear also about the moon he went there to undergo reverse aging a oh. reverse aging process so i definitely want to hear about that good okay so we're going to get to that too but I feel like we kind of buried the lead on the peace treaty on Mars because this whole thing is just so in- insane, really, that all these little details are just, it's its so much. So well, the insectoids and the rept- reptilian toys yes. were the ones that signed the treaty, right? Correct. And you're talking about a guy who, again, we've talked about all these different things that he claims. And one thing that we don't want to look over is that he was part of brokering a peace treaty right. On Mars, between alien species. So the way the story goes is that the two main indigenous species, which we talked about, the reptilians, who, look, reptilians are huge in alien folklore here. I mean, there's been claims of different politicians being reptilians. Those are conspiracy theories that I won't get into right now. But if you're familiar with alien and alien theories and things like that, you know the reptilians. And then the insectoid, is that like Ant-Man? It might be. It might be. So you have reptilians. Paul Rudd is the sexiest man alive. But anyway. Well, that's not what I say. Reptilians and insectoids, who are the two indigenous species on Mars. But they apparently had all of these, I guess you could say, uh, sacred sites, really. Sacred places on Mars, just like we would if it was a church, a temple, a mosque, uh-huh. whatever it might be, that you know we don't want to have destroyed. So the treaty stipulated that Marines, okay, Marines, U.S. Marines, would not invade the sacred places of either the reptilians or the insectoids. Follow okay. along here. Okay, this okay. is just the story. It also committed all three sides, Marines, reptilians, and insectoids, to defending Mars from an external evasion at the hands of the species known as the Draconians. Oh, dear. Now, the Draconians supposedly are not very nice and they were eventually defeated according to the story by this joint force of the marines reptilians and insectoids and were forced to leave mars for good so that is randy kramer's claim that during his 20-year tour of space and of mars that he was uh, part of basically fighting a war on mars and signing a peace treaty with the u.s marines and alien species to defend mars and sacred sites where are the draconians now we don't know <gasps> They could be out there listening. Huh. Yes. And, you know, since he spoke up, at least two others have come forward. That's right. Yeah. And they claim they were abducted into the secret space program, too. That's right. So it, it makes you wonder. It really does. You yeah. know, how much is behind this? One claims he worked on a cargo ship between Mars and Jupiter. That's right. Yeah. And the other claims that Lockheed Martin is heavily involved in the program as well. Which is very intriguing to me. And I'll tell you why. Because Lockheed Martin, up until... 10 years ago, they have a secret division that they've had for a long time called Skunk Works. Skunk Works, really? yes, is a, is a um, well, I guess not so much black budget anymore because people know about it now, but they are a secret division, or were secret, now kind of known, but not very well known because they don't advertise it, 
of a military division of, of Lockheed Martin where oh. they were tasked with coming up with advanced military technology. So if you've ever seen the picture of the uh, SR-71 Blackbird, that's a huge spy plane that was used in the 60s and the 70s that was actually mistaken at that time for UFOs. Because people didn't know, they would look up and be like, what the heck is that thing flying way up in the air? We don't have airplanes that can do that. Well, we did. People just didn't know about it. But Skunk Works is a a place that was actually part of Area 51, believe it or not, where it's an actual division of people who work there, you know, crazy scientists who think up all this stuff. And they they helped to uh, engineer the stealth bomber, like I said, you know, the the, uh, SR-71 spy plane. Things like that. I believe the U-2 spy plane as well. The the stealth bomber shaped like some of the uh, UFOs. It is. It the has triangle. the triangle shape. Right. And there's been rumors that that was reverse engineered from triangle UFOs. I would I believe it. So Lockheed is, is an interesting claim to me because of the Skunk Works division that we know as a fact to be true. I've seen different interviews of people who work at Skunk Works before. And there again, their sole purpose is to develop secret military technology. So we had the stealth bomber back in, I want to say, the 70s. And we didn't know it was even a thing until Desert Storm in 1991. Right. I mean, they were developing this thing 20 years before we even knew it existed. And it flew over the Super Bowl. No. Right. Yeah. I, it actually flew over a Dolphins game one time that I was at. But it was... Um, so I just... I can't even imagine the stuff that they have right now that... We don't know We about. don't know about. That's so, a really good point. Lockheed is an interesting claim to me. And we have Pratt Whitney, too. I right. Don't, they have any, but... Um, I don't know if they have any skunks, but that's right here. They that produce they engines here. Um, but, you know, what I brought up this uh, moon situation where they have re- the reverse aging process on yes, the moon. Yes, that's a big part of the story. He said that he went there to return to his physical body of and return to the age of 17 before being reinserted into his timeline back in his bedroom in 1987 on Earth. Um that's kind of interesting to me because we're going to talk about the moon next week. Yes, yeah. So next week, there's just <laughs> if you if you've ever been into this stuff like we are, you know there's plenty of stories about the moon, but there are some that are really intriguing. You know, we always touch on two or three things, and we're going back there very well, soon, right? I mean, it just got delayed. I guess we were supposed to go in 24. Now they're saying 25. So we'll see how all that works out. But there are stories, Karen, from the moon where. When, when we landed on the moon the first time... Well, some people say we didn't. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin punched the guy in the face one time for saying that. You know what? Next week when we do the episode on the moon, I'm going to put up that video on our UAP blog to go along with that episode. It's a fantastic video. If you've never seen Buzz Aldrin just deck a guy for saying that he never landed on the moon. But there's, there's great stories from there. Of course, you know, you always talk about the dark side of the moon, what's happening there. But there's great stories and apparently actual recordings called the secret moon tapes that say Buzz Aldrin and, and Neil Armstrong switched over to the medical channel to report what they were seeing back to NASA, which was basically aliens um, observing them from afar. They saw craft. They saw bases. These are all things that... Supposedly, ham radio operators say that they heard. Do we have audio during that this? time? I'm not sure yet. Okay. We're gonna find out next week when we cover all that. Oh but there's my God. there's even more stuff even outside of that story 
about remote viewing on the moon and all these different moon bases. So a lot to cover next week. I'm looking forward to that one a lot on episode 21 next week. I am week. too, actually. And then, so what is Randy Kramer doing these days? Of course, he has consulting services. He helps uh, law enforcement agencies and the military to prepare for exo invasions and unnatural disasters. Is that covered by insurance if I don't it's think unnatural? It is. No. Complete with uh, tactical analysis of many different alien species which he says there's, what, a thousand? And he's the self-proclaimed super soldier and pilot is also developing, now get this, a holographic medical bed that will regrow limbs and cure disease. And that's how we end the episode. <laughs> Woo! How do you like that? So, you know, and I hate to, I don't want to disparage anybody's looks, but when you start to think about, is this guy a super soldier? Just take a look for yourself. Yeah. He, he's a funny looking dude. <laughs> he is. We'll have a video up of him on our UAP blog, 850WFTL.com. Just search UAP on the podcast page there. And of course, any previous episodes you can always find there as well. And on Apple and Spotify, download, subscribe, and give us five extraterrestrial stars. Please. Yes. And thank you to everybody who has been doing that. We see you out there. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and listening. And keep uh, plugging along with us because it's just it's a lot of fun every week. Yeah, you thought this was wild. It just continues because Stephen has been keeping a list of stuff for years and years and years. Lots and to he's get just to. dusting it off. That's correct. So stick around with us as we continue this amazing journey of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Karen Curtis there. I'm Stephen Diener. We'll talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening.